Uh, my name's Scott Loxley. I am a deacon here at 24 Church and uh, have been here, gosh, I don't know how long we've been members, a pretty good while. Uh, family comes here, and we're just, God led us to this church several years ago, and we're blessed to be here, and I am blessed to be able to share with you today. <clears throat> Some call me Doc, uh, although I'm retired from that. Woohoo! So, but call me if you need me, and I'll tell you where to go. And I don't mean that in the wrong way. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, you know what I mean there. So what I was going to do, I was going to ask you all to just participate for just one second and say amen when I do one, two, three. So if, you'll, I'll, if you will, one, two, three. Okay, thank you. So what I was going to do is like, okay, when Chris calls you and asks, hey, how'd Doc do preaching? Then you could say, gosh, Chris, he got at least 100 amens. <laughs> but it, you ruined it. You ruined it. Uh, well, it's right. <clears throat> We're going to jump right in the Word. First, I'd like to pray with us. God, you are so good, and you have blessed us so greatly. And God, I pray that today that we will uh, learn from your Word, uh, that we will put it in our heart, and we will put it in our walk. And that's our prayer today. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to get right into the Scripture. If you'll look, uh, turn to 1 John chapter 3. <clears throat> if you don't have a Bible, we've got some. And we have wonderful people that will walk down the aisle and hand you a Bible. And we're going to go through several Scriptures here. I'm more of a teacher than a preacher. So we're going to go through several Scriptures here. Get a Bible if you don't have one. If you've got one on your phone, pull it up. Uh, but uh, let's get into God's Word. 1 John chapter 3. I'm going to read through the whole lesson, and then we'll, we'll get started after that. <clears throat> 1 John chapter 3, starting at verse 11. For this message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. Don't be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let's not love in word, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. <clears throat> if John were a, uh, a photographer back in my day, back in the day when you literally had cameras and film, John would be a black and white picture taker. In this his letters, these three letters, John is black and white. There's no in-between. If you really paid attention to what we just read, there's no in-between. It's either this or this. Chapter 10, I don't, I don't, did you preach last week? Yeah, chapter 10, at the end of chapter 10, it says, you can be either a child of God or you can be a child of the devil, but there's no in-between. You're not in the middle. There's no in the middle. 
I'm not a child of the devil. Well, if you're not, if you don't belong to Jesus, yes, you are. You're a child of the devil. And that's John speaking black and white. <clears throat> your spiritual status is, is that. You're either a child of God or a child of the devil, and that's your nature. We're born with that nature. Back in the day that John wrote, he called us children a whole lot of times. And I think it was because a couple of reasons. He's older, number one. He's older than them. Uh, but number two, uh, they were young in the faith, okay? They just didn't know a lot. Folks, they didn't have this. We're so blessed to have this. We're so blessed to have God's Word for us. But they didn't have it, so they had to hear it. But what was happening is they were hearing strange things come in. Immediately, people were coming into the church and trying to explain something different. Let's add something new. That simple stuff that John and Paul and Peter and all the apostles and all those people told you, eh, it's okay, but there's got to be more. So these people would come in and try to teach them these extra things, something new, something exciting. It's happening in the world today. Did you know that? <clears throat> there's a movement right now, and I'm not going to get deep into this, but watch out. There's a movement right now called progressive Christianity. Be careful with that. And what that means is and if you read their doctrines, which they don't really have any because they're just like, whatever, just come on in. We're good. Oh, you believe there's many ways to heaven? Sure, you're probably okay. And you believe this? You're probably okay. And, oh, there's no judgment or hell? Yeah, you're fine. Come on in. As long as you just help us and love people and love people, then everything's just fine. That's not what Scripture says, and that's not what we should say. So these people were getting bashed with that. And if you'll read the first part of verse 11, John says, For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning. This is what we taught you from the beginning. Not something secret, not something shadowy, not something I know but you don't know. This is the simple gospel of Christ from the beginning. Folks, let me tell you something. God's truth never changes. God is the same yesterday and today and forever. He's always the same. His message is always the same. I've heard people tell me when they criticize this church, oh, is that, oh, you guys, all you do is talk about the same old thing. You talk about, I'm a sinner. You say, you tell me about Jesus and how to get to heaven. And that's the only way to get to heaven, that I'm a sinner and, and that I need Jesus. And that's all you guys talk about. You know what? Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, that's what we ought to do. We don't need to be sparkling and new. We need to teach the gospel of Jesus Every day from right here, which I thank the good Lord it happens right here, and in there to those children, they need the basic, simple gospel of Jesus Christ. They don't need this newbie stuff. They don't need the New Age movement. But you probably don't know that. That's back kind of earlier in my day, but <clears throat> they don't need that. So, Verse 11 again, from, for this is the message that you've heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. This is a command. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. <clears throat> so we should love one another, and really it's the genuine test of Christianity. 
So what's involved in loving one another? Let's look at verse 12. Well, John ends up starting what not to do. You ever do that with your children or people? Look, I'm going to teach you about something, but here's what you better not do. That's what John's going to do here. He's like, verse 12, he says, don't be like Cain. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. Don't be like Cain. Let's learn about Cain. So we're going to turn over to Genesis chapter 4. Hopefully you know this story, but if not, it's kind of fun to tell. That's another thing when I teach I love to do is just tell stories. Uh, I could tell you hunting stories and fishing. No, but no, Bible stories. You ever tell your kids Bible stories? It should. They need to learn those stories if you have kids. So, Genesis chapter 4, verse 3. <clears throat> Before that, what we know is that Cain and Abel were the first two children of Adam and Eve, or first two sons of Adam and Eve. Cain was a keeper of the grounds. He was a dirt farmer, okay? And Abel was a, was a uh, meat farmer, so he raised whatever, sheep or whatever it was. So we have the two brothers, and that's what they did for a living, if you will. <clears throat> so verse 3, in the course of time, Cain brought an offering, brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock, <clears throat> excuse me, and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. Let's stop right there. Wonder why. I wonder why. Uh, Dirt farming is a noble thing. We need it. If you like your tacos, you've got to have the shell, right? It's made out of something from the dirt. It's noble. But why would God be not accepting of Abel, excuse me, of Cain's offering, but he was accepting of Abel's offering? I don't hear you, so I'll try to answer that. And the answer might be, if I've, some of the things I've studied is that, well, it wasn't, uh, it was just lazy, it wasn't enough, it was, <clears throat> he just scraped up some, some wheat shaft off the ground, and, hey, here, God, have this, <clears throat> or it wasn't given with the right attitude or whatever. I, I'll suggest something else, and this goes along with the lesson, that's why I'm suggesting it. <clears throat> what if... Adam, the father, had taught these boys throughout their life, look, boys, if you're going to approach God, here's how you do it. I can tell you for a reason. I can tell you for sure <clears throat> because I've done it the wrong way. So <clears throat> maybe he taught them, here's how you approach God. And Cain decided, well, I'll just do it my way. And Abel decided, I'll do it. I'll take faith in what Dad said and the way I'm supposed to approach God, and I'll approach God the proper way. Maybe that was it. So with the rest of that, in verse... 
uh, verse 5, but for Cain, his offering had no regard. He had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. I love that. I don't love that. But, you know, if you ever get a kid and you make them really mad, what do they do? <clears throat> right? That's Cain. <sighs> his face fell. His countenance fell, the King James says. His, he just couldn't stand it. Anger came up, and he was angry. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry, and why is your face fallen? Look, get this. If you do well... Will not you be accepted? Will you not be accepted? If you do it right, Cain, just do it right. What's God doing? He's showing mercy. He's showing grace. Look, you made a mistake. You approached me the wrong way. Do it right, and everything will be fine. He says, if you don't, sin is crouching at the door. Oh, my goodness. Have you ever th- think about how sin approaches you? It's just sitting there crouching, waiting. You get temptation, and boom, it, there it is. It jumps right on you. That's how sin does. So Cain, what does he do? He, well, does he do the proper thing? Oh, yeah, here, God. No. He says, hey, Abel, brother, come here. Let's go out in the field. Got something to show you. Takes him out in the field, bumps him off. God says, looks around a little bit or comes to him and says, hey, where's your brother Abel? He's like, uh, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Am I supposed to keep up with him? His blood is crying to me from the ground, God says. And so read the rest of the story. It's a good, it's a learning story. What's the problem here? The problem is, folks, that unrighteousness cannot stand righteousness. They can't. Unrighteousness cannot stand righteousness. <clears throat> so if you hang with someone who's righteous, now you're, wait, wait, there's no one righteous. No, yes, there is. Believe it or not, God sees you and me as righteous. Hard for me, it's hard for me to swallow that, really. But if I have Jesus in me, when God looks at me, he sees Jesus. He sees righteousness. You, if you are saved, if you have accepted Jesus, you are righteous. So if you hang, you righteous people, if you hang around unrighteous situations, now I don't mean you're not supposed to hang around unrighteous people. God tells us, Jesus tells us, get out there in the world and go after it. Share your, share your uh, testimony. Help people do things. God tells us that. But if you hang around that situation that's sinful and it becomes part of your life and it becomes part of you, who you are and it's the most important thing for you and the people that you're hanging with are doing the same thing and you are not, you're saying, well, if I do this, then I'll just, Maybe get them to come to church sometime, and Chris will tell them about the gospel, and life will be great. Mm. So if you do that, you're going to either be encouraged, folks, let's get this. If, you keep, if we keep doing that, we're going to either be encouraged to be more holy, to be more righteous, or what? To turn around and not be righteous. There's, there's no choice. It, you're going to do one or the other. If we'll turn to John, I think is where we are now. Yeah, John chapter 3, verse 19. 
I feel sorry for. Uh, I sent I sent Nathan these these uh, verses. I had them all messed up. I think he got it right. Yeah, he did. Good for him. <laughs> John three nineteen. And the judgment of light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his work should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, etc. The reason that unrighteousness can't live with righteousness is because righteousness exposes their, their sin. That's the reason. So an unrighteous person is going to react, and a righteous person is going to react too. We have a choice, one or the other. We can be like Cain and choose the wrong way, or we can be like Abel and do it the right way, or like Jesus and do it the right way. We can stand firm or not stand firm, but it exposes them. By the way, I forgot to say something. Cain. So it says, why did he kill his brother? He had a deal with, he had a problem with God, right? Not his brother. Why did he kill his brother? He killed his brother because he was jealous. And then that jealousy turned to hatred. And then that hatred turned to murder. And that same thing can happen to us today. You say, oh, not me. I would never murder someone. Now, wait. We'll talk about that in a little while. But wait. Wait. Is there someone that you just can't stand? Just can't stand them. And eventually, you start spreading a little word about them. And you might say bad things about them, etc. What you just did in your heart was murder them, according to God's word. That's what you did. That's what we did. Fun lesson, huh? I'm sorry. Chris, why'd you give me this passage? I know why. I'm glad to do it. So our job is to either stand firm because we're the light, okay? Stand firm, expose it kindly, lovingly, or turn your light off. That's your job. That's your choice. You can either stand firm, stand firm for the gospel, do the right thing, or you can just turn your light off and be part of the world. But, and John says there's no in-between because one will overtake the other, period. That's a biblical truth. One will take the other. So it's a decision for us to make. Verse 13. Here's a fun verse. Uh, if I can find it. Oh, I've got to get back in First John. Here we go. I had to find First John. Here, Tam, thank you. Don't be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. Oof. Don't be surprised that the world hates you. Now, I want to show you something. See the brother? It's got an S on the end. It's plural. There are other parts in here where it's going to be brother singular, okay? So... And we'll get into that if we can uh, do it. 
We'll get into that. So don't be surprised, brothers, if the world hates you, plural. And I believe this is more talking to the whole church, the whole body, rather than just, an indiv- just, just you and uh, a single situation. So let's, let's look into that. <clears throat> don't be surprised, brothers, if the world hates you. The same way that Cain hated Abel, the world hates the church. What's the most... And this has just happened in the last decade or two, but one of the most hated organizations or hated groups of people in the world, the whole world is Christians. How sad is that? But the church is undergoing hate in the world today. If you don't believe that, you're being way naive. Look at some of the things that just happened in our government, and the world hates it. And I'm not, I won't, definitely won't get political. If you want political, come on Wednesday night. I'll get really political there, but not here. Uh, the, the world loves to see controversy in the church, loves it, loves to see sin in the church. And it seems, seems like the news is going to cover that first thing. You know, here it comes, some big bad thing that happens within the church body. Why? Because the world looks at it because the world can't stand righteousness. The world can't stand the message that the church gives, so the world looks at it and says, ah, I knew it. They're just like us. They're even worse than us. They're hypocrites, and here they go with all that. And the world hates that. They love to see a controversy. There was a, um, uh, back in ancient uh, Athens, a man named Aristides, and Aristides was being tried for a crime that he did not commit. And he, uh, he was found not guilty because it was obvious that he wasn't, but there was one juror that constantly voted guilty, 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 and they asked that juror, why did you keep voting guilty? And he said, you know, I just got tired of hearing the name Aristides, the righteous one. The only reason he said he was guilty is because of his name, because he was a righteous man. The world hates that. How's our church doing, by the way? How's our church doing? Any hate around here? No, we don't want to be hated. No, we want everybody to love 24, right? Do we? Don't be surprised if the world hates you if you're doing what's right. Don't be surprised. It's going to come, and it's come here. You may not know, but it has. Criticism. Can I, I can't believe those people on a Sunday would go out and cut people's grass. Holy cow. How horrible is that? And it gets worse than that. If, it's, if, it's, if, some, if we stop getting criticism in the communities, we may not be doing things right. It's verse 14. Where are we? Here we are. Verse 14. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Who does not love abides in death. So, the evidence of us being who we're supposed to be is not love. 
the evidence is that you have passed from death to life, okay? Love is, is a, an outcome of that. Okay, that's getting kind of deep. But if, you become, if you're saved, you have passed from death to life. You have passed from Cain to Abel, if you will. You, but, and then you're going to love your brother. But it's not the other way around. Love is the evidence of your faith, not the basis of your faith. Does that make sense? What a, what that, another way to say that is I know some really kind people, nice people who do nice things, but there's no promise that they're going to heaven just because they do nice things. Not, there's a lot of nice people not going to heaven. So what you, go, what you might say is, oh, well, Doc just talked about love, in the, and so if I just go out and love people, I'm going to go to heaven. No, that's not it. That's not it. So what's this love thing all about? We're going we're gonna to get to that in just a minute. Look at real quickly, Matthew chapter 5. And this is the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus taught his, was teaching his people in Matthew chapter 5, verse 21. You've heard that it was said that to those of old you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable of judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to counsel, and whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. Oh, my goodness. So, folks, church, we are called to love each other. Now, I'm gonna t- we're going to explain in just a minute what love really is. So you would say, let's look at verse 15 real quick. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. Brother singular, single brother. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Looks like that, that toned down heaven just a little bit. Oh, numbers. Anybody that has any hate in here for a, for a brother, you're going to hell. That's what this says, right? So, ooh, what do I do? What are we going to do? Oh, no, I'm in deep trouble because, you know, I love God and I love the church, but that guy, I can't stand him, and I'm going to take that to my grave. That lady said something terrible about me or my family. I hate her. And I'm, I don't care what anybody says, I'm taking that to my grave. I'll never, ever. How do we get out of that? Don't be like Cain. God gave Cain a chance. He said, you, could, you can straighten this up, Cain. Straighten it up. Don't be like Cain because what's going to happen is one will overtake the other period. And that hate will fester, and it will grow, and your light will go away. Now, I don't mean you're going to hell because there's always forgiveness, always. What did Jesus say when the, those Roman soldiers were putting these nails in his hands and his feet? What did he say? Father, forgive. And they're murdering him, so there's always forgiveness. But don't think that you can hold on to it because one will drive the other out. 
I'm saying you. I'm talking to us, okay, as Christians. Verses 16 through 18, and we'll close here. By this we know love. By this we know. So I've been asked, telling you what love is. Love your brother, love your brother. And John's been all negative in the first part of all this. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. Now he's going to turn around and say, do this. We're going to explain what love is. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. I'm going to stop right there. This is it. By this, this is how we know what love is. Here's the explanation. It's not John Lennon, all we need is love. You know, how'd I do? No. Yeah, whatever. Or uh, Dion Warwick. Who, who remembers her? You remember that? What the world needs now is it. Anyway, it's not that. Well, thank you very much. It's not that at all. It's what Jesus did right here. It's what the Scripture says right here. He laid down his life for us. <sighs> Jesus did not die as an example. Are you with me? Let, me? let me explain that. Oh, Jesus died. He loved me so much, he died because he loved me so much. Is that right? He died as your Savior, and I'll explain that. Let's say we're fishing together, one of you and I, and I'm, of course, catching many more fish than you are, but that's neither here nor there. <clears throat> and I just really, really care for you, and so I am stand up in the boat, <clears throat> and I tie the anchor line around my leg, and I say, I love you, and I'm going to prove it. And I throw the anchor off, there I go. And you're sitting in the boat doing what? That guy's an idiot. All right? Let's say we're both fishing together, and I am doing the right thing, and I'm wearing my life jacket, and you're not. And a barge hits us, and we're both injured terribly, okay? <clears throat> now, we're both barely struggling to stay up, but my life jacket's holding me up. And I take it off, and I put it on you, and I go to the deep. Different. That's love. That's what Jesus did to you. People, Jesus did not hang on the cross for any reason just because he loved you. Jesus hung on the cross because you had to have it. You had to have a sacrifice. You needed it. You were that one drowning, and if it weren't for Jesus hanging on that cross, you'd be the one that went to the deep. But what did he do? Oh, he, yeah, he loved you. How did he love you? He showed you his love by hanging on that cross, by sacrifice. Love is not ooshy-gooshy, mooey-gooey, or Lifetime, or Hallmark, or whatever. None of you understand that. You ladies understand what I just said, right? Yeah. Every time I walk by and Teresa's watching, I'm like, it's like eight minutes till, and I'm like, getting ready to do the kiss thing. It's getting ready to happen, you know, and it always does. But anyway, we are dead in our trespasses and sins, like it said. We're drowning. We have no hope. We have nothing, but we have Jesus. 
and he's our life jacket, and he's our Savior, and he gave up his life. How can you, let's put that really quickly into, into what we can do today. And it's a story that Jesus told in the Bible because verse, the one verse that bothers you the most is verse 17. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, he closes his heart against him. How does God's love abide in him? Oh, no, I got to do something for people. So there's a story really quickly, a story in the Bible where the Pharisees walked around with Jesus all the time trying to trip him up and ask him questions. And one Pharisee said, hey, Jesus, how do I gain eternal life? And he said, well, what do you say? What Scripture says, he says, well, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, etc., and thy neighbor as thyself. And Jesus said, okay, good, go do it. The guy didn't like that, so he said, who's my neighbor? Ha, bad, bad question to Jesus. He never tripped Jesus up. Jesus said, well, let me tell you a story. There was a guy that was going from Jericho to Jer- no, Jerusalem to Jericho, and he got accosted by robbers. He's laying over on the side. He's bleeding. He's half dead. Here comes a priest. Oh, the priest keeps walking. Here comes a Levite. That's a man of the law, a real important person. He even looks, and he keeps walking. And here comes a Samaritan. And this Samaritan, that guy laying in the ditch would call a dog if he had the energy to. But this Samaritan sees the problem, goes to it, shows compassion, picks the guy up, puts him on his donkey, takes him to an inn, Oh, bandages his wounds. I'm sure he's not a paramedic. Just doing the best he can. Takes him to an inn, checks him in, gives the guy money, stays overnight, making sure he's got, this guy's okay. Leaves, and he says, when I come back, I'll pay you what, you, what I owe you. So then he asks the Pharisee, well, who, who's, who's doing the best job here? Who's doing what was right? Who's the best neighbor? Of course, the guy who helped the guy. You know what Jesus said? Okay. Go and do likewise. So how do we do that here? Well, I see it all the time. I see it here all the time. I see it on Surf Sundays. Sacrifice, going out, burning your own gas, whatever you're doing, helping people. I see it in that area in there. Every Sunday, I see people doing that right there. I see people in there taking care of your little bro your little sweethearts, excuse me, with no thanks. They just do it. Why? They're sacrificing. They love the brothers. I see it up here. They never get any praise. All they get is criticism if something goes wrong. But 99% of the time it goes right. Can you hear me now? See, it's going right. I tell you when I see it, I see it on Wednesday nights. Hmm. I'm here most every Wednesday night. <laughs> and I pull up in the park a lot, whether it's burning up hot, raining, freezing cold. I see this small group of usually mostly, most of the time it's always ladies, <laughs> going out and serving people and sacrificing and giving out food and showing them a smile and showing them love. I see that here in this church. And it's a wonderful thing to see. Don't be like Cain, where jealousy turns to hate, turns to murder. Be like Jesus, 
and sacrifice and love the brothers deeply and completely. Let's pray together. Father, you're so good, and your examples are so good, and we've learned through your word how really totally out of it we are. But God, I pray that uh, we will learn something from this meager effort of trying to share your word, and that we'll put something in our heart to help us to serve the brothers better, to love you more, and to realize the sacrifice that you actually gave. Bless the rest of our time, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.